Innovation in one of the largest technology organizations on the face of the planet. That is our topic today on episode number 114 of CXO Talk. I am Michael Krigsman, and I am here with my co-host for whom superlatives, there, is, there are no superlatives that can, that can describe my co-host, Vala Offshore. Hey, Vala. Michael, great to be here. I am super excited to uh, learn from uh, Mark Sunday, CIO of Oracle. And uh, yeah, we're really, uh, really happy to have you with us uh, today, Mark. Well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Mark, thank you for, uh, go ahead, Vala. Yeah, you'd think exactly. after 104, you know, Vala, after, after we've been doing this, how many episodes? 300, 400? Will we figure out some sort of signal or something where we don't, where we sort of coordinate the handoffs? The beauty of this show that it, it's it's clearly not rehearsed. So <laughs> it's clearly it is definitely not rehearsed. Mark, would you kindly share with our audience a little bit about yourself and your background, and then a little bit about Oracle size and scope of your responsibilities? So just a quick technical thing. I know these technical things come up all the time, but I'm hearing a delay. I'm hearing the broadcast um, seconds later in my headset. You know, I think uh, make sure that you don't have our website open in your browser. Mark, uh, make sure you don't have the episode open in your browser. I think uh, okay. make sure that you don't have your website open up to stop background. Okay, is that better? There Are we, we go. all back? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell sorry you. about that. No, you know, I'll tell you a story about that. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a guest and I had the episode open in, in my browser. And just as the, at the moment where I was about to introduce the guest, it started playing back in this delayed form in my ear and I was totally flummoxed. And it, just at that moment, I looked down at my computer to figure out what's going on and it looked like I, did, like I didn't know who the guest was. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I know nobody would ever believe that it just happened at that instant. But anyways, uh, so, so Mark, uh, tell us about your role and, and uh, Oracle and the size and scope of Oracle. Give us some context of what you do. Oh, absolutely. So um, I've been the CIO here at Oracle for now over nine years. And when I joined, I came in as the CIO of Siebel. We were, I don't know, roughly 50,000 end users, a bit over 10 billion in annual sales. Now here we are nine years later and I'm approaching 140,000 end users in roughly 100 countries and 40 or so plus billion dollars in sales. So uh, a pretty size, op large operation. You know, I've had this global role of you know, providing the infrastructure to enable all of our end users and lines of business now for quite some time and it's been an exciting ride. Fantastic. So during that nine years, Mark, um, you had the privilege to, to witness lots of changes in IT at a large scale and growing scale. 
Can you talk a little bit about how IT is changing uh, and advice for your peers and, 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 and colleagues? You know, I've been doing this gig for nearly 40 years since I was a sophomore at Michigan. I got my first IT job and been doing it literally ever since. Uh, and it's changed absolutely dramatically. I mean, we all know of cloud, mobile, social, big data, the consumerization of IT have really led to the whole digital transformation. And we've experienced that absolutely firsthand with the size and growth and even where our focus has been at Oracle, you know, over that time. For the first, you know, several decades of my career, the role of being an IT leader, the role of being a CIO, was all about we would integrate these things that we either built or bought or had, had been around forever. And our job was then integrating all this stuff against long-term plans and then operating it. And really what the role of a leading IT organization is now is to no longer focus so much on the integrate and operate, but really transform themselves to driving more business value by innovating and orchestrating across a wide variety of services. So that while Oracle is a provider of services, cloud services, we are a quite frankly an internal customer of that. But so we're no different than many other organizations. And we've seen this big transformation again leveraging these technologies so which is causing you know huge business changes and then IT needs to be put in a position to be able to respond to that. So historically IT has focused on issues such, such as uh, security, integration and governance but you just described a set of changes that are forcing IT out of that historical role and you've seen that during your tenure those these nine years at Oracle so how, how do you how do you manage to get IT to adapt especially in such a large-scale environment as yours okay well first of all let me set some context when I think about the role of IT certainly at Oracle but I think this is true across IT organizations and perhaps any company that first of all begins with driving the overall productivity. And I use, I'm using the big productivity, and that is the value that organizations are able to drive. And that's at the line of business, function, and individual employee. And so that's one of the key goals, is how do we add as much value to not only the lines of business and functions, but actually each individual employee. And then that's balanced against uh, risk. In our mind, that's not only security, but also privacy, business continuity, compliance, as well as all the threats. And then the third thing that we've got going is continuous to do what we do and do it better. You know, drive efficiencies, drive operational excellence, make us more agile. So the balancing between you know, driving value for the business, doing so while managing an acceptable level of risk, and continuing to make the investments and um, sharpening our saw, getting better ourselves, as kind of three things that are balanced across, I think, essentially all IT organizations. But we have really a fourth dimension that we're very active in, and that is I've set the goal of, first of all, being the biggest influencer of Oracle technologies. You know, if you look at the broader IT community, my team and others that deliver IT services um, directly in line with our businesses, 
we are by far the broadest implementation of Oracle technologies anywhere and also have the largest scale in many ways. Uh, the second thing is being the first adopter. You know, really embracing these technologies long before, in many cases, the lights stay on. You know, be involved hand-in-glove with the product development teams as we look at what products should and could do, not only from a capability, but how do we make these scale reliable? How is it easy is it to maintain? And, you know, quite frankly, we have 140,000 internal guinea pigs for us to be able to explore new things. And then lastly, you know, is doing what I'm kind of doing now and being the best promoter as to what we do. So, you know, when we look at what we're doing, it's, uh, of course, we have the mission of securely and reliably providing the infrastructure and operational services our company requires. But on a much larger sense is what can we do to drive value, manage risk, and really in that other role that my team fully embraces is what can we do along the line of helping our product teams put together the best possible products for, uh, and services for uh, helping out our customers. I read, a, I read a Forbes article written by you where you talked about the importance of being accessible to your customers and also accessible to your peers. You wrote in another Forbes article about BFF being a best friend with different lines of business, whether it's marketing or CMO or the finance CFO. Can you talk a little bit about your role as the CIO and how you make yourself accessible not only to Oracle external customers, but your internal customers like marketing and finance, engineering, supply chain, and so on and so forth? Okay, so first of all, let me start internally. You know, fundamentally how my team is structured is embedding, you know, key senior level folks uh, with each of our, um, what we call strategic stakeholders. It could be an important function like marketing or finance. It could be a line of business like our um, cloud services in which we are embedded to, so we really understand what are their goals, strategies, pressing issues, what, do we, what are we doing for them. Uh, one of the key things that we do is also assess how, how much are they taking advantage of the services that we offer. And so that kind of thing is what allows us to really you know, help ensure that we're driving value. In fact, the people that play this role within my team how they are measured is what is the cumulative value derived by the stakeholder in which they represent. And so that's by us making stuff work better for them, new services, new products, but it can be just by extending the adoption. And then the rest of the organization is then orthogonally aligned to drive services across that. So on one hand, we have stakeholders in one dimension, but orthogonal to that, I have folks that are responsible for each of the services we offer, and then team, a global team, that in fact my organization is spread across 50 organizations that takes advantage of our mantra of simplify, standardize, and centralize to then enhance these services that we use across the entire company. Go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, so externally, though, I 
very, very active in working with our customers. First of all, my absolute favorite part of my job is the opportunity to go off and learn about, you know, entirely businesses I didn't know existed. So go off and meet with our customers, learn about their businesses, learn about their business strategies, their business uh, outcomes they're trying to achieve, and by the way, how they're um, employing technology. Even things culturally, how they're structured and how they deal with some of the challenges that they have. Uh, and then, you know, extending beyond that, I'm uh, the executive sponsor, like other senior executives at Oracle, for just a small number of our most strategic customers. So, for example, uh, General Motors, uh, Dow Chemical, Capital One are customers where I take the executive um, sponsor role and really get to meet with them frequently and understand their business opportunities, their business challenges. Beyond that, one of the, my sweet spots is a forum where you do a CIO roundtables where engage with, you know, 15 to 20 folks and have a really active dialogue where we all learn from each other. But then, of course, do large, big events, and certainly not as prolific as y'all are, but involved with, you know, from time to time doing various articles and um, uh, videos and so forth, all about kind of sharing, you know, what I've learned on this journey. And interestingly enough, a relatively small amount of what I often talk to um, our customers and larger forums about is less about technology and more about leading, you know, a really a global enterprise that's moving very, very rapidly. So this is a very unusual role for a uh, CIO to have, uh, being the executive sponsor for extremely large, significant, or strategic accounts. Yeah, so, but not very many CIOs in the whole scheme of things, they're... Um, selling products to a set of customers in which technology is an integral part. You know, we happen to be the largest consumer in terms of breadth of product of Oracle products, and also we're a company that operates globally. We operate at a large scale. You know, we've done, you know, just under my watch, well over 100 acquisitions. So a lot of these things are, you know, topic areas that companies are very interested in. You know, we went through a transition beginning in 1998 to truly globalize. Globalize our organizations, globalize our business processes, put in place global scaled shared service centers where we drove huge financial return, huge improvements in terms of our ability to execute well, and, um, and one of the probably the biggest enablers is it really positioned us as a company for all these um, acquisition assimilations we've done, you know, over the last decade. So, you know, our customers at all levels, you know, are, are interested in learning not only from Oracle, how do you get the most out of Oracle technology, but also we're an organization that they look to learn from on just how we operate. In fact, one of uh, those opportunities next week, uh, I've been asked by Terry Havison, the CIO for the Department of Defense, which potentially is the largest uh, CIO budget in the world, over $30 billion, 
as well as a number of his colleagues, as well as the CIO from the UK as well. And what Terry asked me to come in and talk to everyone about is um, how we run Oracle as a global multifunction, multi-line of business enterprise, yet simplify, standardize, and centralize. Because that's what Terry would like to accomplish across all the different effective lines of business within the DOD. Well, you have written about revising the foundational ideas upon you know, which IT operates. Can, can you talk a little about what that means? Well, for me, it goes back to what I touched on early on, that when I joined Oracle nine years ago, I had um, an organization that was structured in some regards around line of business and a whole team, for example, of over 100 folks committed to supporting our Oracle University business. And, or another one at the time was called our on-demand services. Or another one might be function, but I had these kind of sizable silos, and I felt like I was the um, the chairman of a holding company. That each one of these, in fact, one of my directs kept referring to about running his business, and it seemed uh, as an organization what that uh, you know put us in the position of uh, having multiple doors, you know. And uh, so if you didn't like the answer you got somewhere, you go somewhere else. But also we looked like multiple organizations. Mm -hmm. So we did a fundamental transformation where going to the organization that I had touched on a few moments ago, where we are aligned by embedding folks into our key stakeholders and then treating everything as services across the various capabilities that we deliver to the enterprise but having those as appropriate service all the different stakeholders. So, for example, you know, marketing certainly has huge demands relative to everything that we're doing, both on live and on-demand video infrastructure, but also our lines of business, uh, whether it's you know the folks that are you know uh, supporting all of our hardware products and have people field people around the world. Well, they want to be able to on-demand instantly be able to get content right to the person at the point of need as to instruct them how to replace a power supply if so needed. And so you know, uh, my point is that there's a lot of organizations that have different but in many cases similar and overlapping needs for a service such as video and then what we then do is engineer how do we provide a roadmap that meets the needs that's driving the most value for the entire enterprise, spending all these services. So once again, got rid of the silos within my organization and really put more of an end-to-end -end service structure that allows us to not only be fast, but also deliver higher quality services. Terrific, terrific. Mark, uh, at the, in your, in your opening, opening comments, comments, you mentioned, you mentioned now I'm hearing a, uh, an echo. Uh, in your opening comments, you mentioned digital transformation, the impact of cloud, social, and mobile. So maybe can you uh, share with us your view on what exactly is digital transformation and what's the impact of it on IT? So what's happening is, um, you know, the total IT spend is about $2 trillion. And if you look at it, 
a trillion of its enterprises, and that's remaining fairly flat. But you know, relatively recently, we've gone from where businesses were the largest spenders in technology to now it's consumers, and that's growing very rapidly. And so the expectations around consumerization is certainly having a, a big impact on what the opportunity is and what people are looking for in terms of how they engage with um, everyone that they do business with. So what digital transformation has done, um, the pulling together of sitting on top of cloud platforms but leveraging social and business insights via you know, big data, uh, and certainly the mobile has changed everything. And I think that's just the beginning now that we're seeing ever-increasing use of Internet of Everything that IT organizations, as I pointed out earlier, can't be marred down in the integrate and operate and really need to sit on top of and leverage you know, these technologies because what's happening is business models, it's never been more challenging to head up a business because you're being disrupted on so many different advantages, uh, so many different vantage points. Uh, barriers to entry have you know all been eliminated in many industries, and so businesses need to be able to respond at the speed of opportunity. And now, because technology is at the core of every business, IT has to be right there with them. So digital transformation for me is a series of technologies that are fundamentally changing how you derive value. And IT has to embrace that as a delivery platform for them to offer value to their business and ultimately the customers at a pace that's unparalleled to anything we've seen in the past. Mark, what are uh, some of your business-related metrics you use to evaluate IT success? Well, number one, we, the ante to the game for us is we have to do everything we do better, faster, cheaper than we did the previous year. I mean, that's just the expectations going in at Oracle. And so one thing a little bit different that I really like at Oracle is um, I go in and negotiate a budget for my organization you know, essentially with Mark Hurd and Safraquettes at the beginning of fiscal year, which we're at day five of today. And that's, um, I don't go around with a tin can to various lines of business functions or other stakeholders. You know, I go in and I've got a, you know, a sizable amount. And so my job is then to see that we most effectively employ those financial resources and then correspondingly our human and capital resources to deliver as much value as we possibly can. And so with that, we then focus on where are those opportunities that we can you know, drive that value, reduce the recurring operational maintenance things, and really put as much towards innovation and creating new value, enabling our businesses to drive effectiveness, as well as, you know, I personally put a great deal of focus on each individual employee. What can we do to um, improve their lot in life from, you know, first being recruited to certainly onboarding all the way through their whole uh, career at Oracle. 
That's terrific. And you mentioned you mentioned earlier that uh, some of the metrics that you have and the and the expectations, obviously aligned with that, relate to the type of relationship that you have with your customers, internal customers, external customers to ensure that they're actually getting the business value that they expect from IT. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like I said, the end of the game is that you're just doing everything better, faster, cheaper, but then what you really is important to my lines of business is what are we doing to help them drive more value? And that's what I um, really insist that we measure each of our teams that engage with our stakeholders is what are we doing to drive more value for them? And so that starts off in a number of fronts. First of all, everything that we do has to work well. And by working well, that's not only that it works, but it's providing the performance and access and perhaps even um, more, most importantly is ease of use. That, that's what really drives adoption and helps people be more effective. And so whether it be metrics that are at the entire business or function level, but also things looking down at the individual employee level, what are we doing to improve their overall productivity? And it's always in terms of uh, in business value, what the business end game is. No one cares about you know, uh, my reporting on availability, reliability, the number of incidents, what have you. They want to hear it in terms of what are we doing for their lines of business or the employees that work within them. And then even more importantly, extending out what are we doing to drive value for our customers. Mark, in a, again, some of your Forbes posts, which are great, so I encourage our audience to Google Mark Sunday Forbes and uh, read your incredible thought leadership. You gave some advice. You said, you know, always keep your eye on the big picture. You said be prepared for opportunity and hire people that are smarter than you. So be forward-looking, surround yourself with smart people, and knock on opportunity's door. So as we talk about digital transformation, you know, what is the impact of digital transformation on IT? And you absolutely need to follow your advice in terms of uh, not only being opportunistic, but smart and, and forward-looking in order to really deal with the avalanche uh, and, the, in, and, and the velocity of, of, of innovation that's in the enterprise today. So can you talk a little bit about advice regarding digital transformation and IT readiness? Okay, so one of the things that um, uh, you know, I've pointed out you know, in multiple times is that I've been doing this gig a long, long time. And I can remember the era, long before your time, though, but I can remember the era of our looking in our crystal ball and anticipating the future and the whole thing of having five and 10 year IT plans. And so, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it might have been CEB, uh, or perhaps it was Gartner, you know, had coined that we need to move IT strategy and budgets from anticipate to respond. And that really resonated with me because that's exactly what I'm seeing at Oracle. You know, we've gone through a lot of change as we continue to dramatically expand uh, our business, whether it be in, during my tenure into the verticals, um, going up and down the stack all the way into the hardware, and then you know the tremendous push we have in cloud. Well, with all the things that we do, 
we're not going to be able within the IT organization to anticipate everything that's happening. And that's only at Oracle. Then you extend it on to our customer base and our consumers of our technology. So in this whole model of moving from anticipate to respond, well, how do you respond? Well, what you do is you build a way you can respond is future-proof everything that you're doing. And so future-proofing it starts off with your overall IT strategy. How are we going to have a strategy that enables us to be nimble? You know, agility is perhaps the most important thing that we do in order to service our business. But then once you have your strategy, well, then how do you organize for that? And then you extend then, how, what are your processes that enable you to respond? And then ultimately, you want a technology platform that is fungible, that's you know, flexible, that's agile, and can be um, continuously evolved. So all of these things are, I think, core to us being able to ride the opportunity that digital transformation is offering our company and our employees. Do you see digital transformation as a, and, and along with it, shadow IT, and along with it, the growth of sophistication, technology sophistication, and software sophistication in lines of business and functional departments, all this together. Do you see this as a driver of making IT less relevant or a driver of making IT more relevant? Because I've seen it argued in both directions. Okay, so first of all, you know, in my almost 40 year career, I've worked at companies that have been nothing but high technology companies. So in every case, in now at Oracle, there's 140,000 people who know how to do my job better than I do. Um, but so, you know, I've never looked at that as a challenge. I've actually looked at it as an opportunity because they understand the, the complexities. And you're not having to pull them along. They're wanting to help pull you along. But that's, uh, you know, you mentioned the word shadow IT. And um, I really liked uh, what Ralph Laura came up with when I was at Clorox. And he, he, he uh, didn't use the word shadow IT. He used the word shallow IT. And what that is is really um, taking advantage of the resources, financial, capital, and human, that exist out in the various organizations and figure out what role corporate IT plays. And there are some very, very important roles when you embed yourself and you partner. In fact, if they have resources, they also have domain expertise, how do we drive as much value for our company? So don't resist it, but actually you know, embrace it. And this whole concept is that figure out what IT, corporate IT, does and does well and look at where you should participate. So for example, you know, if things have scale, I mean, you know, I'm one of the few organizations in Oracle that has people in 50 countries. And then we extend out our infrastructure is in nearly 100 countries. Um, we have all the processes and practices around security. But then you extend on into other things like even contracting and large-scale program management. So what we want to do is embrace, for example, our marketing organization who has done some incredibly creative things and then add value 
whether it's the things that they're doing in terms of customer experience where we're leveraging technology to really tremendously enrich the relationship we have with our customers and nurture them along the way and not you know, engage our sales organization to the appropriate time, but also provide people the right content the right, uh, at the right you know, kind of pace that's personalized for them. Well, that's great stuff, and figure out where it makes sense for us to fit in. You know, another place, um, you know, once again talking about marketing, but then extending across the whole organization is one area that we're attacking now is media management. We have found that a number of organizations around Oracle had approached this, whether internally or leveraging external, with uh, using my hands a little bit much, knocking my headset out. Um, had you know, you know, various strategies for managing the ever-increasing amount of media content we have. But you know, from these organizations' perspective, God, you know, there's got to be synergy and there's value by us putting you know, a lot more um, eggs in one basket and really watching that basket. So that's an area where we're you know, coming in with centralized services so we can uplift everyone's capability. So I noticed one of the things that's high on your list, and that's talking about innovation. And one of the key drivers for enabling innovation at Oracle is the ability to centralize the resources around a mission and have them do it on a um, multi-line of business, multi-functional, and multi-geography point of view. Mark, so, as a CMO, I just want to thank you for, it's, it's just, it's beautiful to hear you talk about, you know, your collaboration with marketing and to hear a CIO talk about segmentation and precision marketing and buyer journey and all of that, that kudos to you because that, that clearly is evidence that one of your best friends must be the CMO and that's just awesome. Um, and we did talk about innovation, you know, before the show, we talked about you know, a software upgrade to Tesla where you can reduce the zero to 60 time by a second plus and how amazing that was. And I know you're an executive sponsor to, you know, large uh, car manufacturers and the Internet of Things. You know, all this incredible innovation around you and you work for one of the most innovative companies in the world. What are some of the challenges that you face as a CIO when, you know, you obviously have a massive thirst for innovation and and technology. What are some of the challenges in the, that, that you face and how do you overcome some of these challenges? Okay, so first of all, the challenge that we have is just our scale. You know, 140,000 end users in nearly 100 countries. We onboard about 25 to 30,000 new people every year. And these aren't people just doing kind of repetitive tasks. These are, you know, true knowledge workers, whether they're people in our um, engineering realm, sales realm, marketing, and other things like finance and so forth. So how do we you know, just deal with stuff at that scale? Now the key strategy that we have that I alluded to earlier that makes this all possible for us is simplify, standardize, and centralize. So while I think you can appreciate how that can drive operational excellence, lower cost, uh, help you increase your margins, but what I think often gets forgotten 
is that even perhaps more important than that is the number one enabler for being fast is being the same. You know, for my team to uh, implement some new capability, because we're the same around the world, you know, we can do it very rapidly because it can then be layered on. We don't have to worry about how are we going to make this work with 10 different telephony solutions, for example. Um, likewise, if we want to change anything that we're currently doing, since we have one way of doing it, it's you know very easy for us to morph that on a global scale. And one, and of course, it helps to have a culture that that's just embedded as how you know we operate. In fact, just yesterday, um, I on CNBC, I saw an interview with Slim Ismail. Uh, from Singularity University, who wrote the book Exponential Organizations, hmm. and uh, in the so Oracle was recognized as one of the ten Fortune 100 companies um, that are the top ten in terms of being truly exponential organizations of being agile, being flexible. So that's innate in our culture from Larry through Saffron Mark, all the way through every employee in the company is what can we do to be agile, what can we do to be flexible, what can we do to be fast. So all of that you know, certainly helps. But when we talk about challenges, the first thing is the scale. The second one that I want to point out, though, is if you think about it, there is no IT organization on the planet that has a bigger quiver of technology arrows than ours goes out here at Oracle. If you think about it, my team has access to every technology Oracle's ever built, every technology that Oracle's ever bought without having to pay for it. <laughs> and so, I mean, we have you know this unlimited access. So one of the biggest challenges is my team every day have a thousand of great ideas, absolutely fabulous ideas. So the but just because we can doesn't mean we should. And so that's actually one of the toughest things because my, my nature is to want to say yes, but we have to figure out where we should say yes. And a corollary to that is, you know, if the dog doesn't hunt, don't feed it. We need to make sure we're constantly looking at everything that we're doing and, you know, be more than happy to kill something proudly if, what seemed like a good idea yesterday might not be such a good idea today. So the two things is we, it's a big and challenging because of our scale. I think that we standardize makes it a whole lot easier. And then the second one is we have unlimited possibilities. How do we narrow down what we're really going to do? And then once we commit to something, be agile. You know, be able to you know change if we need to make mid-course corrections, or in fact, you know, kill if it's uh, something that doesn't make sense. Do you have a formal uh, innovation program in place? And by the way, I should mention we only have a uh, a few about a few minutes left, so we'd like to ask you, and we have a lot still we want to ask you. So maybe now keep your answers on the shortish side, so we'll rush through an hour worth of questions in the next five minutes. <laughs> We don't have a formal innovation process. We have an innovation culture, starting with the people that are really creating our next generation services to even those folks that on the equivalent factory level of installing the tires. 
the culture is how do we do everything we do better, faster, cheaper. So that's the continuous improvement. But also, I really um, enjoy is those transformational, those game changer, a totally different way of doing things. So always looking for those opportunities as well. Mark, uh, we have had uh, startup CEOs and founders on our show. We've had lots of venture capital folks. Um, so a good portion of our audience are, are startup folks. Um, do you work with startups? And you know, what advice do you have? If you do, what advice do you have to startups who are looking to approach your organization for potential partnerships? So we work with startups uh, to some level. First of all, I love engaging with startups because it always causes me to challenge or think out of the box or look at new ways of doing things. So there's a lot of great ideas that um, we're able to get, but um, on a related note, being able to give input and feedback as to help them you know, build their business. On occasion, we've actually acquired uh, startup technology, replaced a large incumbent, and uh, we've got cases now where fully deployed on global basis and probably the most significant customer. On a you know personal level, you know I like to keep uh, you know uh, my ear to you know what's going on. And one of the great pleasures I have is over the last couple of years I've been on the selection committee of the Utah Innovation Awards, and so it's been very cool to just see you know all this innovation, whether it's in my space, enterprise computing, or in other spaces like biomedical devices, life science, other life sciences, but consumer products and so forth. So uh, you know, at all levels. Awesome. Uh, so we 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 again, we only have a few minutes, but we cannot leave without at least briefly talking about uh, technical integration as Oracle acquires businesses. Can you give us a very quickly a sense of the 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 number of businesses that Oracle has acquired, and what is your role in bringing those companies into the fold? Okay, so first of all, uh, it's been over 120 in the last decade. Um, and I'm like other organizations that we have this playbook that we continuously refine in order how do we assimilate companies. But let me give you uh, a, my quick version of kind of our the guidelines in which we follow. First of all, I've already mentioned that I think the number one enabler for um, IT effectiveness is freedom from choice. So being incredibly standardized certainly helps. And then, you know, the mantra we have relative to acquisitions is we don't integrate, we eliminate. So in other words, we eliminate anything that's duplicate of, you know, eliminate networks, whatever. We go in and we literally rip and replace you know, the security voice, uh, communications, uh, applications, infrastructure. Um, you know, we're like the board. You will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, one of the things I'm really proud of, and this starts from my first day of my first meeting with Oracle when we were being acquired when I was at Siebel, and the first meeting we had is, what do you do that we want to make sure doesn't get lost along the way? Who do you have? And so I, being the California company, and I apologize, yes, for short answers, but I'm not good at that. Um, I, being a California company, ask every one of my employees engaged with a major acquisition to think of themselves as a prospector. 
I don't want to hear about all the rocks that you run into. I just want to hear about the nuggets of gold. And in fact, I'm going to incentivize you to find those nuggets. Who do they have? What do they do? What technologies have they employed is better than what we do? So we not only retain it, we make it the standard across Oracle. So I've been unbelievably blessed over the last nine years because we've acquired a lot of world-class technology companies that you think have a thing or two going within their IT department. We're able to absorb that. Uh, another couple other ones is I'm a huge believer of one team. Mm. On the day, the very day of legal entity merge, for example, which was uh, February 15th of uh, 2010 for Sun Microsystems, very, very big company. On that very day, Sun IT ceased to exist. If you're a networking person, you're part of the network team. If you're a project manager, part of the project management team, service desk, etc. In fact, if you were running data centers, I actually thought Kristen Russell from Sun was a stronger incumbent I had at the time. Kristen, on this day, you now own Oracle's data centers as well. So the next thing is, you know, focus on one team, and because teams, if you keep them separate, will find areas to disagree on. And then, um, you know, kind of the last thing is that I think is inherent across Oracle's culture is the fundamental belief we can recover from a poor decision. There is no recovery from indecision. So make decisions very rapidly, but understand. While the majority of them are going to be right, occasionally you need to make a mid-course correction and be ready to do so. Okay, and, and what's, the, what's the hardest part of uh, acquiring all of these, these companies and integrating them? Uh, well, where we've run into challenges is the first 65 or so we did were software companies and you know our playbook, you know, I've come from the semiconductor industry, I spent uh, you know, 20 years there. Um, and it's all about continuous improvement and cycles of learning. Well, we got really, really good. And then we were thrown a horse of a different color when we acquired a hardware company. And so, you know, entirely different paradigm with different processes and so forth. How do we stick with our mantra? And so that was, a, you know, a, a big challenge for us. More recently, cloud companies. You know, there's different aspects to them. And then most recently, our last kind of sizable acquisition was Micros. Uh, which does the point-of-sale terminals for hospitality as well as retail. And so there's, once again, new business models and things. But in each case, we've stuck with our mantra of expanding our applications, evolving our business process, expanding our infrastructure, so it casts a net over everything that we do at Oracle. Mark, my final question to you is uh, tell me what you love most about your Tesla. That it constantly is getting better. Really? Um, I mean, if you think about it, automobiles for the last hundred years, what you bought is what you did everything you could to try to keep it in that shape. Um, but with the Tesla, you know, I re received it on February 28th. And so here we are, June 1st, June 5th, and I've received six updates. So some of those updates have been advancements and moving more and more towards a semi-autonomous driving. Others have been to uh, expand the ability to deal with long trips relative to understanding your energy consumption. As you alluded to earlier, the update from about three or four weeks ago took 1.1 seconds out of my zero to 60 time. And over the next couple of months, we'll move from um, uh, you know, kind of intelligent cruise control 
to truly semi-autonomous driving. So I love that it's constantly getting better. Awesome. Okay, well, we have been talking with the Chief Information Officer of Oracle Corporation, Mark Sunday, on episode number 114 of CXO Talk. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us. Thank My you. pleasure. I am Michael Krigsman. My glorious co-host is Vala Afshar, and I hope everybody who's watching does two things. Number one, subscribe to our newsletter. And number two, come back next week. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>